0: So if you wanted to uh not allow your happiness to be held hostage on a daily basis what practices would you do what uh, how would you change your life well that's exactly the kind of question we like to ask here on poetry passion and pleasure the podcast that is uh focuses on very practical, down-to-earth poetry that you can, that all of us can use on a daily basis. I'm your host, Dale Byron, and uh, let's get right into today's uh, episode. It occurs to me, I was thinking, that we often wait for just the right world, uh, our world to line up, Uh, to straighten up and to fly right, uh, was my note. We wait for better thoughts and emotions to be happy. Uh, Often we wait for the exciting goal to be accomplished, the dream to be achieved, uh, the great poems to be written, and our Pulitzer Prize won, and sitting there on the mantle, all before we can be happy. Now, of course, I'm uh, overstating it just a little bit, but have you noticed? Um, I certainly have in my own life that I am uh, often waiting for something. I'm i I'm, I'm kind of always in a forward stance, uh, waiting for something else to happen. Uh, and when that thing happens, even though I'm not uh, consciously aware of it, I'm kind of waiting to be happy uh, too much of the time. So I thought we would do an episode, and we would pick some poems that really kind of aimed at this idea about what if we didn't wait? What if we didn't wait for all these things to occur? You know, for the world to be perfect, for us to feel perfect, for uh, for our external world to all be, you know, straighten up and fly right. I wonder if we didn't do that. Well, uh, here's some poems to help us celebrate this idea of uh, not letting our happiness be held hostage. And the first one is by a poet, a wonderful poet, Tracy Smith. And it's a poem called The Good Life. The Good Life by Tracy Smith goes like this. When some people talk about money, when some people talk about money, they speak as if it were a mysterious lover who went out to buy milk and never came back, and it makes me nostalgic for the years I lived on coffee and bread, hungry all the time, walking to work on payday like a woman journeying for water from a village without a well, then living one or two nights like everyone else, like everyone else, on roast chicken and red wine. Well, uh, I love that poem by Tracy Smith, and I think it makes this point uh, about, um, I I sometimes think of it this way. I think of, how can we stay a cheap date in the world? (laughs) And what I mean by that is, how can we stay uh, easily impressed, you know, so that if we have a, a nice meal, we really Feel a lot of gratitude. We really notice uh, when we have a nice meal or a la- a nice glass of wine, or if we look out our window, uh, the window of our car, or the window at our house, and we see an amazing um, landscape. Uh, for those of you who are uh, watching this podcast on, uh, on YouTube, and I know some, of course, listen to it on the other audio platforms, but if you are watching it, the backdrop, which is just behind me, happens to be an image that is from the uh, uh, near Mount Tamalpais looking back over the city. So when you see uh, a, a view like that, are we kind of complacent, just sort of take it for granted Or do we go and uh, find that we are excited? So here's a little poem that I wrote recently, which sort of falls into this theme, I think, of uh, not allowing our happiness to be held hostage by some feeling Often unconscious feeling that things have got to be perfect or nearly perfect or complete or uh, the journey has got to be complete, the prize won, or any of those things before we can be happy. So um, I wrote this little piece, and it's just called um, I'll Be Happy When, I'll Be Happy When, a little piece that I wrote recently. It goes like this. I'll be happy when later today when later today I get that delicious cappuccino and when all the bills are paid and the checkbook is balanced I'll be happy when my subpersonalities stop fighting for my attention and also when I'm not bothered so much by those feelings of shame I'll be happy when my sore neck eases up and isn't so sore anymore, and when my never-ending to-do list is checked off a little more fully, I'll be happy without that slight feeling of catastrophe I can't explain, and when I can play more chords on my guitar without dead strings, I'll be happy when my podcast has a thousand fans that all press like. You know how that really helps out with all the secret algorithms. I'll especially be happy when I'm not so sad sometimes in the morning and have no good strategy except to wait it out. So, um, you know, I I think about this theme, about staying a cheap date, about um, enjoying the journey instead of waiting for uh, some crescendo. You know, I mean, if you think about it, life is about 99.9% journey. And only occasionally do we get those moments where, um there's a kind of clear sense of yes this has been accomplished and i find more and more in my life that it is that journey i was talking about playing the guitar it is the playing of the guitar it is the reading the poetry each day it's writing each day it's those things which uh, give me pleasure which which give me Happiness, and uh, not so much the the world being perfect, or uh, my having the perfect uh, thoughts or the perfect feelings. Um, yeah, not that, not that. I was thinking, um I've mentioned one of my mentors and friends, Brother David Stendlerast, a number of times on this podcast. um he had a very wonderful kind of uh, thing he would say, um uh, paraphrasing. he'd say. Um, I'm interested in the kind of happiness that does not only depend on happiness. I'm interested in the kind of happiness that doesn't just depend on what happens. And I think that's, uh, that's part of the theme. You know, often I find myself, I'll be hiking on a beautiful trail Uh, in the uh, Marin headlands or, or in the Bay area in general. And there I am in this beautiful setting. And I find that I am uh, somehow thinking about that cappuccino (laughs) that I mentioned in the poem that I'm going to have a little bit later as though, you know, somehow or another, um, what I'm doing in the moment is not uh, complete enough, is not bringing me happiness uh, and uh, only when I get uh, into the coffee shop and get my cappuccino, am I really going to be happy? <laughs> wow, that is uh, that's a fool's errand. That is a fool's errand. So let's keep cooking. Um, here's a a, a poem uh, by the poet John O'Donohue, who uh, we unfortunately lost um, some years ago, about seven years ago now, I think. Uh, died way too early in his 50s. An amazing poet and many other things, philosopher as well. He wrote a poem called For the Traveler, For the Traveler by John us let's, let's listen to that now. Every time you leave home, another road takes you into a world you were never in. New strangers on other paths await. New places that have never seen you will startle a little at your entry. Old places that know you well will pretend nothing changed since your last visit. When you travel, you find yourself alone in a different way, more attentive now to the self you bring along, your more subtle eye watching you abroad and how what meets you touches that part of the heart that lies low at home. How you unexpectedly attune to the timber of some voice opening in conversation you want to take in to where your longing has pressed hard enough inward on some unsaid dark to create a crystal of insight you could not have known you needed to illuminate your way. When you travel, a new silence goes with you. When you travel, a new silence goes with you. And if you listen, you will hear what your heart would love to say. A journey can become a sacred thing. Make sure before you go to take the time to bless your going forth to free your heart of ballast so that the compass of your soul might direct you toward the territories of spirit where you will discover more of your hidden life and the urgencies and the urgencies that desire to claim you may you travel in an awakened way gathered wisely into your inner ground that you may not waste the invitations which wait along the way to transform you may you travel safely arrive refreshed and live your time away in to its fullest to its fullest return home more enriched and free, and free. Return home more enriched and free to balance the gift of days which call you. May you travel safely, arrive refreshed, and live your time away to its fullest. Return home more enriched and free to balance the gift of days which call you. So um, to make the most of the journey, I think is what uh, John O'Donohue is saying. And as we've already said, life is, um, it is a becoming. It's a verb. It's an inaction kind of thing. And if there's no joy and happiness in that becoming in the in the daily chores, um in the daily average things that we do, then um, there will be no happiness at the end of some trail of some imagined um you know, standing on the top of a mountain and looking down with this satisfied feeling that it's all done. You know, it doesn't seem to work that way. And it seems that we cause ourselves a tremendous amount of um, uh, anxiety and uh, suffering, I think, by imagining that somehow at the end of the, um, the trail somehow that when, or, um, as we've already talked about when everything is perfect, when, when, you know, when, when you when your body's feeling perfectly, when your emotions are just all completely lined up, there's no angst or no anxiety at all, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, it's like the great poet, uh, William Stafford once said, are you waiting for better thoughts? Are you waiting for better thoughts? Um, I was also thinking that if you read the um um the studies and the and a lot in in the psychological world, we are very poor predictors of what is going to make us happy. We're very poor predictors of that. And um, which means that we often spend a lot of time trying to uh, get everything just right or trying to uh, get to the end of our to-do list as though at the end of our to-do list, somehow or another, we were just going to be like, ah, everything's perfect. And we're happy. And I'm not saying that it's not good to get your to-do list done. (laughs) I mean, there's some pleasure in that as well. Of course, I'm talking about, you know, this is it's a matter of the more and the less here. But uh, we're talking about the fact in this episode that we do seem to hold our happiness hostage to some conditions that um, don't necessarily make us uh, so happy uh, in actuality. So our last poem is by the great poet Jane Kenyon. And uh, it's actually called happiness. I thought this was—I uh, thought this was uh, perfect. Uh, I hope you like the selection as well. Happiness by Jane Kenyon. There's just no accounting for happiness. There's just no accounting for happiness, or the way it turns up like a prodigal who comes back uh, to the dust at your feet, having squandered a fortune far away and how can you not forgive you make a feast in honor of what was lost and take from its place the finest garment which you saved for an occasion you could not imagine and you weep night and day to know that you were not abandoned that happiness saved its most extreme form for you alone No, happiness is the uncle you never knew about who flies a single engine plane onto the grassy landing strip, hitchhikes into town and inquires at every door until he finds you asleep mid-afternoon, as you so often are during the unmerciful hours of your despair. It comes to the monk in his cell. This is happiness. It comes to the monk in his cell. It comes to the woman sweeping the street with a birch broom, to the child whose mother has passed out from drink. It comes to the lover, to the dog chewing a sock, to the pusher, to the basket maker, and to the clerk stacking cans of carrots in the night. It even comes to the boulder in the perpetual shade of pine barrens, to rain falling on the open sea, to the wine glass, weary of holding wine. Happiness can come at any moment, but, you know, um, I think it's far more likely to come when we are uh, paying careful attention to amazing things. You know, uh, I mentioned brother David uh, and brother David would say, anytime we are used to something, we become, you know, just habituated and, and, and it's just expected. We become used to something that when that happens, we are exiled. We are exiled. And of course, uh, you know, don't hold your happiness hostage. The theme of our episode today, uh, we're saying that if we can, um, not take things for granted, not just get used to things. Um, if we can, um, also at the, you know, in other words, not, so really pay attention, but also, uh, as we've been saying to, to not wait for the journey to end, you know, for the, for the, um, uh, uh for for the final you know <laughs> um uh crescendo uh, and also you know equally important have you noticed to not wait for everything to be perfect for the perfect thoughts the perfect emotions to not feel anxiety to not have any sadness to uh to not feel a a, a sense of despair um at times and um you know, it's, it's the way I said that in the last few lines of, of the poem that I wrote that's in this episode. I, I'll especially be happy when I'm not so sad sometimes in the morning and have no good strategy except to wait it out. So um, sometimes even when we try to wait it out, the sadness does not go away or it may diminish uh, but there's a kind of a backdrop, and uh, the mindfulness meditation—one of the things that I've been uh, undertaking myself personally for the last couple of months in a more serious way—really says uh, it's not about the the fact that sadness or anxiety or or all of that 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 comes at us. It's whether or not we uh, identify. With that, that we become that, that our self becomes that sadness, and uh, uh, our whole world is reduced to that. And you know, again, as the language is often used, that we become attached to that rather than uh, 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 sort of identifying with this more spacious feeling, so that sadness can be in that more spacious feeling. And uh, anxiety and uh, different kinds of feelings that we don't always, um, uh, you know, that we don't think of as positive, but that uh, we don't completely get blown over by it. We don't completely identify with it. Um, You know, my note says meditation helps us not be so attached to that constant flow of thoughts. uh, That... uh, Have you noticed, Uh, which reminds me of a great quote um, by Annie Lamont. She says, my mind is like a bad neighborhood. I never go in there alone. (laughs) My mind is like a bad neighborhood. I never go in there alone. And what I've said over the years to to classes and places where I've used this, my poetry, my practical poetry, I've said, uh, you know, don't go into your mind alone. Take a poem in there. <laughs> it will really help um and I was also thinking um along these lines of uh, of meditation and not being so attached to that stream of monkey mind thoughts that is always coming um there's a there's a piece that says, "Why are you unhappy? Why are you unhappy because ninety nine point nine percent of everything you think and one hundred percent of everything you do is for yourself and There isn't one, (laughs) Uh, you know. That's that. That's that kind of notion. Uh, There's different versions of this, but that notion that we, um, you know, kind of the the false sense of the small self, that uh, when we can uh, identify with that with with that oneness with the great self, you know, that we are part of, uh, then um, uh, we can be happy in more. Conditions of our life, as Brother David says, I'm interested in the happiness that doesn't just depend on what happens. Um, yeah, my mind is a bad neighborhood. I never go in there alone. <laughs> so, um, don't hold your uh, happiness hostage to some feeling that life has got to be perfect, that you've got to be perfect. That, uh, you know, the journey has got to have ended in some amazing uh, crescendo. Um, don't allow, let's not la- allow our hosti- our happiness to be held hostage to that. And uh, if a poem can help, well, you know what I'm going to say. Take them along with you. Okay, so that is a wrap for today's episode. Um, As I always say, I so appreciate your listening ear. If you know somebody that might enjoy this uh, ongoing conversation about poetry, would enjoy the podcast, then, uh, you know, please uh, let them know about it. And if you do want, like I said in the poem, if you do want to press the like button, (laughs) then, uh, you know, that'd be great, too. It does help with the algorithm. (laughs) Anyway, thanks again for your listening ear. And as I always say, until next time and next point, please take good care of yourself.